0: Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach Radio Program. If you've ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. Since 2009, our radio program hosted guest experts from around the globe sharing their perspectives, experiences, and expertise while giving you food for thought. If you can't listen live, then download and listen to any of our 300-plus podcasts in our library at texasconflictcoach.com. So sit back, relax, or join the conversation every Tuesday evening or tweet us at TX Conflict Coach.
1: Well, good evening, listeners. Uh, Tonight is our Conflict Chat, and I'm your host, Patty Porter, along with my special host and friend, Stephen Kotav. Now, the last Tuesday of every month, we have been highlighting conflict-related topics that the ordinary person might be dealing with in their daily lives. And it could be, you know, popular news or things ripped from the headlines, maybe something we see in our social networks uh, or even on TV or, for that matter, even personally. But more importantly, you have an opportunity to call in and ask your question with conflict management experts who are mediators, conflict coaches, and facilitators on how to think about your situation differently. Maybe analyze it or give you guidance on your next steps to resolve it. And you can engage with us in three primary ways. If you're on the computer now and you want to actually call in, you can do that, 347 Three two four three five nine one, and press the one key so we know you want to speak with us. Or um, if you don't know, you can actually scroll down the page if you're on the computer and Blog Talk Radio, and you'll see that the chat room is now open. We'd love to hear your comments or questions there as well. Uh, or tweet us. We have our graduate interns who are running the live feed now at TX Conflict Coach, and we're using the hashtag conflict chat So Stephen, uh, as always. I love having uh, you to have a conversation with on our program. So welcome back.
2: Oh well, thank you so much, and it's always it's always a pleasure to uh, be by your virtual side.
1: <laughs> in virtual, indeed, yes, because you're up yeah. here in Maryland, I'm down here in texas and uh and so, yes, we cover the world, don't we, listeners uh, <laughs> we We cover many topics and many people around the world, so uh mm-hmm. lots of fun there's always uh, lots of uh, fodder out in the in the media uh in terms of conflict and negotiations and things of that nature, so um we're going to actually start. Uh, by having a conversation on negotiation we've been actually doing that all month long and uh, and so um, we look at you know when we look at negotiation you know Steve a lot of times I don't know about you but a lot of times it's like you know when we're first educating people about mediation they you know think it's arbitration they think it's meditation and the same thing with negotiation when we use the word negotiation a lot of people are like oh i'm not a negotiator i don't negotiate contracts i'm not a you know i'm not negotiating a strike or whatever but really every day every person out there is negotiating something right whether we're going to go on a vacation as a family or or maybe you're trying to like hey i deserve a raise or um, Uh, Maybe you're, you know, your best friend and you want to start a business, you know, on Etsy, or, you know, maybe you're buying your, you know, brand new used car, but we do. We all negotiate every day, so.
2: Well, and absolutely, and as a as a father of two, I have an infinite amount of negotiations that I have between getting shoes on, getting shoes off, getting food in, getting food out,
0: <laughs> and then,
2: like, who's picking who up and uh, who's going where. And, you know, I think it, it it is those bigger conversations, but it's the fabric of life. And I think that's the thing that is why for us, you know, as 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 folks who focus on this skill set, you know, it's like if I said to you, Patty, you know, um, you're going to um, every day um, uh, change the oil in your car. If you taught yourself how to do it, you probably could get away with it. But if you had to do it every day, it's like, well, you might as well go to school. You might as well learn all the ins and outs of how to properly do it. And you know, that's the benefit I find in this negotiation stuff is is that a lot of the examples that people give, they don't realize how much of it is actual, you know, skills and techniques and things that they can use, uh, but they just sort of either discount it or, or miss the nuance of it.
1: Mm, uh, absolutely. I don't think people recognize that. And And the thing about it is, is that, if you you know, so let's just kind of talk a little bit about actually kind of define what we think negotiation is. And in my mind, when I think about just kind of the everyday negotiation, um, and and not just something that you're buying or selling. That's, that's a lot of times what people think about when they think about negotiation is it's a sales thing. But a lot of times it has to be in in our relationships. You know, what are we? You know, one-on-one, usually negotiation oftentimes is, is, is this conversation we're having one-on-one with someone about something I need from you. Maybe it's something I want from you, need from you, and sometimes that's an action or an inaction. Uh, and, uh, and I'll explain further. But I need something from you, and more than likely in exchange, you might need something from me. So that could be money. It could be time. It could be something in the relationship, a task. Uh, so it could be any number of things. The so negotiation is not just a sales strategy.
2: No, absolutely not. And I think the easiest way for folks to think about it is it's a it's a conversation aimed at reaching an agreement, and you're you're fundamentally trying to get something either that you need or. Um, Trying to survive um, you 're trying to keep in good relationship with folks you 're trying to succeed but it, it's it 's a very fundamental part of our life
1: yeah a- absolutely so um what we thought we would do I, I you know one thing I was doing a little research on you know where do we want to focus in terms of our negotiation and in, in terms of what 's real popular right now now i don 't know if you watch shark Tank on i 've been actually watching Shark Tank not since the beginning actually. Um, it wasn't until about three years ago. I think it's on ABC, and, it's, and the show is basically, you know, entrepreneurs, inventors, they bring something into the tank, if you will, into the room, and they have to basically pitch their business concept, their product, their service, their idea um, to these sharks, you know. And, and when people think of sharks, they're thinking, oh, you know, they're 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 dangerous. They're are they greedy? Are they you know they're gonna they're going to ask tough questions, you know, and they're gonna be really tough on people. But the idea is, they they want the shark to invest, to negotiate with them and um, believe in their products so that they can take them to the next step. And the sharks have a lot to offer. The potential entrepreneur, because of their expertise, their billions of dollars that they can invest, their resource network, knowledge, etc., and so that's what the the Shark Tank is. So it's very interesting, extremely popular, and the and their season actually started last week. So have you seen this? Uh, uh, they call it a business reality show. It seems like everything's yeah. a reality show well, nowadays.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I. Have only seen little snippets of this, but I was actually a fan of the original program which started out in, in the UK and England called uh, The Dragon's Den. And so Ooh. you know it's it, it's the same it's the same stuff. It was just done a little bit different, you know. Um, but it, I, I've seen it before, and you know, and, it, and it's fun because you get to see you know what is it that's out there. But in, in the middle of all of it, you know, it's this huge negotiation where you, part of it is this influencing of hey, this is how great it is. But you know, there's all these facets to the conversation that really um, uh, take on a lot of depth and dynamics, and it's it's sort of like you know wow, you know there's a lot going on
1: yeah it is and and in the conversation, you know there's a lot of uh things that uh you know that uh that are strategies, things that don't go so well, and negotiations and one of the things that's interesting because you know on the shark tank and i we'll use this as a as a you know part of the conversation here is that People have very various, not only various skill sets in how they have the conversation, but they also have a variety of approaches. And uh, men and women who are both coming into the show um, are very obviously very passion invested in you know the years, sweat. Blood, tears, money that they put into their product, uh, but very interesting in how they have showed up. Now, having watched uh, the program for about three years, you know, what I found interesting for me as I was watching them is. Um, you know, how are they having a conversation, where do they fall apart, uh, what has really seem to work, you know, for the entrepreneur that's coming in, and also for the person on the other side, because usually, like you said in the conversation, someone wants something uh, from the other and vice versa, um, but also what comes into play is when you're negotiating something might be of real value to you that might be lesser value to the other. So that's where you kind of like, you know, deal, if you will. Um, So one of the things I wanted to share is just from watching the program, what are the strategies that I've seen people use that seem to be successful but we will, and I'll, I'll mention a couple of them. But then um, I wanted to talk about, from your own experience, even, and my own experience, and even uh, from an article I read on Forbes about what are some of the like deadliest mistakes, you know, um, that people make when they're negotiating uh, every day. So. Um, I guess one of the things that I learned, that I've been learning about some of the strategies uh, that folks are using, is that when the entrepreneur comes in, I think the biggest thing that stands out for me is, uh, and, and I think more so with the women sharks than the men sharks, is the ability of the entrepreneur to connect in a real, human, genuine, authentic way in the relationship. And that's if they have, and it's not so much about what their story is that the entrepreneur brings to the table, but that they seem trustworthy, they seem straightforward in the conversation, they seem to not be hiding anything, and so it causes that direct, real, genuine, authentic relationship, that connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Any, any yeah. thoughts about that in, in your own oh. experience?
2: Oh well, yeah, absolutely you know um part of my background is uh you know this this idea of, of somatics, which is about how we show up and it's not um, it, it, it's it's our it's our presence and it, and it's connected to the totality of, of, of who we are. So it's not just our, it's not an athletic ability or, or how good looking we are, but it's kind of who you are and and who are you bringing into the room. And I think a lot of times when people are in the midst of negotiations, you know, one of the things that's really interesting for me is, is that when you're dealing with really uh, important things, uh, especially very personal things, like if I were to ask you, you know, Patty, how do you feel about this? Or Patty, can you make it work? most of the time when we're in those very high stress situations we don't really listen to the words that are being said we listen to how mm-hmm. they're being said you know there's mm-hmm. there's actual studies done on this and there's a very small percentage like less than 10% that's about the word that's being said but it, it you know it, it's it's the difference between if i said patty can you get this done and you say yes versus mm-hmm. yes or yes you know, all those different ways that we say it, we're listening to their face, we're listening to how they hold themselves, we're listening to what is coming in behind it. And to me, that's all part of that genuine connection that I think you're talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think part of what you're saying is to be thoughtful and prepared. You know, when we know we're going to go into a conversation, that's really, really important to us um, when we might anticipate tension or uh, even potential conflict or, in this case, with a shark tank competitiveness, we need to not only be prepared with the numbers or the information we need to share, but how are we going to show up? You know, Like you said, are we cognizant of how our body language shows up to the other person? Are we cognizant of our tone? Are we cognizant of the types of words we're using that's matched to the tone? So all of those elements are really important to be thinking about and or practicing uh, with other people or practicing uh, in a mirror or practicing in a recording and listening back to it. So all of those elements uh, preparing and just being yourself and being genuine uh, is going to be really important. And that was the other thing that I've learned um, that was a success is those entrepreneurs, those people um, that I talk about in negotiations is prepare, 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 prepare. (laughs) So part of preparing is, one, it's not just preparing and knowing your You know, knowing what it is that you want and why you want what you want, and the and the needs that go, you know, about that that's attached to that. But what is the other person? Why would they be invested in you? Whether you're asking them to give you money or you're asking them to uh, invest in you, the relationship, the task. What might they need uh, from you in an exchange? No, so know the details. What are their strengths? What are their likes or dislikes? What are the resources that are important to them? Um, What are the weaknesses or things that might get in the way? So when we talk about preparing, it's not just preparing you. It's about thinking about the other side, and that's such a critical element in in negotiation. Yeah, and
2: there's You've said a lot and there's a, there's there's a bunch of times where I was like oh that's a good point oh that's a really good point you know when you're talking about doing your homework, I really feel that that's another way that your presence and and, and, and your ability to connect really comes through. If you really love what you do, and in this case, if you really love uh whatever it is that you're presenting, you know um uh a, a type of food, a, a new cosmetic, uh, a, an olive oil, whatever it is. If you truly love it, it'll come through. But you also, by doing your homework, will come off as more genuine and more authentic. If you, in a sense, know, hey, I got to make this deal. You know, I, 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 um, I I'm not, I'm not interested in. Um, maybe you feel very confident and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, uh, work really hard to maintain as much control as I possibly can. Or um, being very honest in some of the limitations, you know, of, yeah, you know what, I'm not that good at marketing. Or, you know, I could really use some assistance with distribution. But doing your homework and having that real honest look in in your preparations will give you a much more grounded response, and that grounded response is something that people really pay attention to and can be the difference between, you know what, I'm willing to talk to this person further, to, you know what, I don't want to talk to this person uh, any further. And so that was one real key thing I wanted to mention because, you know, a lot of it is – is, is that preparation and and focusing on yourself. And then you were sort of going to the other person, but that was a key part I wanted to make sure we didn't miss because it, it makes a big difference in what kind of interactions you
1: have with people. Mm, Absolutely. You know, and some listeners might be, you know, tuning in and saying, so what does this really all have to do, you know, with conflict, you know, and, you know, Negotiations is something that, you know, we talk about on this show um, and not just, like I said, in the sales aspect, obviously Shark Tank's a sales aspect, but when you're negotiating around something you need, um, you know, that you're, you know, you're in conflict with, you know, your landlord. And uh, there was a recent example of someone I was talking to and they were new to this apartment Uh, and they had certain expectations and assumptions about what the landlord would do, signed the one-year contract and got in to the apartment and certain things had not been done and certain levels standard of cleanliness or let's say pest uh, were existing. And, uh, And so the thing was is you can, you know, get very, very angry and upset at that person and yet you're tied to a one-year contract and you wanna negotiate, I need something from them, but I'm angry at them. And so part of that homework, part of that preparation also is being clear not only about what you need and and what the impact of it is, but what do you think the landlord needs from you in order to respond to you in the way that you're hoping that they do? So one of them is really kind of keeping your emotion in check. Um, so, And I know you do, like you said, with the somatics and stuff, but what would you want to add about that, keeping that emotion in check? And what do we really mean by that, actually? Well,
2: you know, I – you know – as, as somebody who, who, who teaches this stuff on a regular basis, the simplest thing I can say is pay attention to your breath because when you stop breathing um, or when, you, we, when either you're going too fast, um, too slow, or not at all, those are usually signs that something is building up. And when something starts to build up, it, it, it more often than not was going to go in a direction or end up in a way that you don't want. So, a lot of this to me is is just about bringing yourself back down a little bit so that you're still able to make a choice versus react. Because a lot of times when people get upset, they're not really thinking through what they're doing, they're just saying whatever it is that they need to say. And a lot of times, what I tell folks is, is just either take a breath or pay attention. Are you breathing? And if you're not, go ahead, take a deep breath, allow yourself to start to bring bring yourself back down a little bit, and then engage. Because so many times, people's emotions, they become the driver. And we want to try to help have more of a balanced response.
1: Mm, yes, ab- absolutely. Now, one of the things, you know, uh one of the things I wanted to mention, listeners, uh, that's a a great article to kind of read uh, and that's by Forbes. Um, and Forbes recently had an article later, uh, earlier this week, uh, September 24th, by uh, Kai Trang Ho. And it was the 17 biggest mistakes that killed deals on Shark Tank. And so I scanned it because I wanted to see you know, what were some commonalities, regardless of what negotiation you're doing. What were some of the common things I was seeing in in her article? Um, And one of the ones was uh, some of the things we've already been talking about, right? Not knowing, not coming prepared, not knowing your information, for example. Um, But one was not crying. Right, so when we're talking about, you know, um, you know checking your emotion, uh, keeping balance, breathing, as you were mentioned, so we're grounded, um, and yet, uh, you know, crying, a lot of, and a lot of times it was women crying, I must admit, in the shark tank, but uh, but sometimes men were crying there, too, and that was a real turn-off, but the thing about it is, and some people will use crying as a manipulative way, some people are very genuine in the crying, but what was interesting about using emotion uh, or not crying in that visible way, and certainly not screaming, yelling, or being disrespectful, none of those are going to help with negotiation. But as I was reading that, I thought, you know, I just read a recent book. I don't know if you've had a chance to to read it yourself, uh, Stephen, but the one by Roger Fisher and Daniel Shapiro on Beyond Reason, using uh, using emotions as you negotiate. Have you had a chance to, to check into that book?
2: No, I haven't, but in a lot of the work that I I do, I realize how important it is to acknowledge emotion and to have a to give emotion its place, but also to help people see what emotion can do if you're not paying attention to it.
1: Absolutely. You know, and a lot of times people, are, you know, you'll often hear, you know, so when I said, you know, how do you keep your emotion in check? Now, we're not saying, you know, be a robot, right? (laughs) Because people have emotion. You're human. This is what happens in your brain. And like you said, acknowledge whatever it is that you're experiencing. So if you're going into negotiation and you're like, okay, my boss is not listening to me and you're getting heated, um, or your neighbor is dismissing you and you want to throw some pie in their face, (laughs) or probably something even worse, and the thing about it is, is you can't stop having emotion right we're humans we're going to have them so like you said Stephen it's acknowledging that you have emotion that's the first thing so the first thing is is recognizing you can't stop it you're not a robot you can't turn it off with a key some people are better at controlling it than others so recognize it we can't ignore it right because it affects our body affects our thinking it affects our behavior so we know we can't just ignore it and we can also go the opposite direction, which is, you know, you know, check every emotion out when we're in the negotiation. So what was interesting about uh, this book about Beyond reason, Using Negotiations as You Negotiate, because they were a very firm believer, yes, we need to recognize that, we need to breathe, but we also need to focus on how can we use our emotion to elicit a positive experience, right?, with the person we're trying to negotiate with. So, like the folks in Shark Tank, you know, they usually have some really good story uh, or something that motivated them and it causes this, oh, that's really nice. You know, it's a really good positive feeling. And so, what can you do, even though you're tense or whatever, what can you do to elicit a positive experience? But also, how can you use your anger or your frustration in a constructive way? Um, to uh, motivate um, an action or decision. So let me just stop there and just kind of, I don't know, see what you're thinking about all of that.
2: No, no, it's all stuff that I I 100% identify with. And I think the thing that is really interesting is, is that um, your emotions and how you feel is central to how you make a decision. It just can't be the only thing that you use in making a decision. You know, it's interesting because uh, there is a a story of a a man named Elliot, and this was um, back when they were building the railroads from coast to coast, and there was an explosion Mm -hmm. that went off, and a railroad spike went into his brain and basically severed Mm -hmm the part of his brain that was connected to his emotions to to, to the rest of his brain. So he basically was a guy that didn't have um, a a connection to his emotions. And what they found was that he really couldn't make decisions because he didn't know how he felt about stuff. And Mm. a lot of times when we're dealing with emotions, it's, again, I look at it more about choice if you can make a choice about how you want to react that's so different it's how you, if you may want to make a choice about how you want to act that's so different than if you make a reaction so if you're on shark tank and you're saying hey listen you know the reason i started this company was because this is my mother's recipe or you know th- this was my way of giving back or whatever it is and you intentionally tell that story There's something about that where, you know, it can be you using the emotion in a very positive way versus somebody asks you a question and bam, it just sort of pulls right on your heartstrings. You immediately get choked up. It makes for great television, but it may not make for the best first impressions.
1: Mm, Exactly. You know, because they they, they might, uh, people will perceive whatever they're going to perceive. Is this a, you know, a weak person? Uh, Are they confident? I mean, there's all kinds of things that people can perceive in that. And and like you said, it it is television. You know, there's a lot of things that are, uh, you know, that go on behind the scenes there. And it's always not necessarily... Uh, the the place where mo- many people are going to to do, but yeah, emotions are really important. And the thing about you know in in the book, and ter- one of the the biggest things that they talk about, Fisher and, and Shapiro, is once we start in in negotiation, when you're preparing. What is most important to you know in anticipation what is most important to the person that you might be negotiating with um, and if they're whether that's entering a partnership uh, whether that is you know uh, your coworker uh, your spouse, what do you know about them that would be important to them that they need from you that they value the most and part of uh, in the beyond reason is they talked about when you're focusing on those elements. So, for example, someone might say, your boss, uh, your your spouse, let's say, says, um, you know, I don't feel... Uh, like I have um, an equal role in this relationship, and so I, what's important to me is that I'm treated uh, equally fairly. Um, you know we, we're outside of the traditional male, female gender roles, and so you know that's really important, and so what they identify in the book are five core concerns, you know being appreciated, having a role that's fulfilling sometimes people just want to be acknowledged uh for their experience, their expertise. Like for example in Shark Tank one of the biggest mistakes is and I remember this particular episode, I think it was last year, and uh, uh the the guy I think it's uh um oh Kevin O'Leary He's known as, he's the balding guy on the, on the television, a billionaire, and he's known as Mr. Wonderful, which is, he's opposite, really. He's mm, coined mm, himself Mr. Wonderful, mm, but he seems to be the greediest, the harshest, mm, the, mm, you're a cockroach, you're, you're dead mm, to me, is what he'll say to entrepreneurs, which is horrible. But he's gotten this reputation, and he's really scary to, to negotiate with. And so one of the entrepreneurs last year really – publicly uh, disrespected him and number one is you know don't disrespect people want to be recognized for their experience and expertise obviously he has that experience Mr. Wonderful on the show he knows what he's doing uh, but this entrepreneur just basically said hey I'll negotiate with anybody uh, except Mr. Wonderful or you know just being very publicly rude and disrespectful and they're like that's the number one thing there's other ways in which to negotiate that without being uh, rude and disrespectful so uh so yeah people you know and of course that elicited a lot of negative emotions but the idea is how do we look at these elements of appreciation of status acknowledging people's experience how do we respect um you know, people's need to be autonomy, uh, you know, to be independent. And also our affiliation, right? How we connect with people. And all of those things, if we tap into those things and know what the other person needs, we can really elicit positive emotion or positive experience as part of our negotiation. So uh, you'll have to get, everyone will have to get that book and just read it because it's it's effective for everyone regardless of what you're trying to uh, improve in, in whatever relationship you're improving business, relationship, friendship, et cetera.
2: Well, and what I re- also took away from that was it's just more about understanding who it is that you're dealing with and that with somebody like Mr. Wonderful, even if you don't work with him, he's probably going to be somebody who you're going to be dealing with again in the future. And so as opposed to kind of directly challenging him You can still set boundaries, but you just may want to do it in a more tactful way of, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd like to make a decision. I'd like to get back to you on this or, you know, I have have some concerns about how this would actually be executed. And so I think it's something where, you, you know, for me personally, I don't have a problem if someone is direct. But if you're going to be direct, you got, you got to know what it is that is going to happen afterwards because you know there's a lot of stories that we can tell people where they come off all high and mighty and then later they're kind of eating crow because it didn't turn out the way they thought it would. And then again, yes. it's like if you do your homework – you know, you're probably going to be better suited to it. And it's also this thing of how tough do you want to be? You know, it's like I got a background in martial arts, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to fight everybody. You know, and if you do, you're either going to end up in the hospital or you're going to have no friends. So, you know, you've you got to pick your battles. And, and I think that's the other thing that's the flip side of this in, in being a good negotiator.
1: Yeah. You oh, know, absolutely know who you're negotiating with if you know that your tough direct aggressive approach is actually going to shut that person down you've got to think of another way that they're going to respond to and you know the i was actually in a mediation last week and and let's just say there was a representative uh, who has a legal background, well, let's just say it that way, uh, <laughs> who has a very particular negotiation style. I've been in this mediation with this individual um, many times and, uh, and over a number of years and uh, he would start out as very aggressive when he would put the uh, negotiation uh, elements out on the table. And because he would be so aggressive and almost threatening to what he was offering on the table, most of the people who would respond to him would get very angry, they felt dismissed. If anything, he thought he was negotiating in good faith, but actually what he was doing was eliciting very negative, angry emotions. He was using it actually as a way to manipulate and to threaten and to scare. What I've noticed over the years, and and obviously he's gotten some kind of feedback, is he's backed off on that approach, and people are responding a little differently to him now. But I still find that if he's getting resistance from the other side negotiating with him, that he still tends to be... mm, a little um, uh, threatening with it, if you will, well, you know, if you don't take this, then this is probably what's going to happen to you, and it's all these really negative things, and, you know, and you're going to fail at it, and you're going to lose your job, or you're going to, whatever it is that we're negotiating, and then it becomes a scare tactic, and that doesn't, that normally doesn't work if you're really trying to elicit uh, a positive experience where everyone's getting what they need. So something to just think about, folks. You know, in terms of your approach. So I know we're getting close to the end, but any other uh, anything else coming up for you, uh, Stephen? On that.
2: Well, you know, it's to me the simplest way of of, of looking at this is is that if if you really If the other person you're negotiating with matters, then the old aphorism of you reap what you sow will come into it. So you know, I've met those same people that you're talking about, Patty. You know, and as, <laughs> as 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 the sort of appointed peacemaker, I see how aggressive they come in, and they kind of poison the water. You know, it's almost like pay, playing chicken, and it's like, oh, you know, who's going to blink first? And you know, that's all well and good if if you never see these people again. But in a lot of the, the things that you and I deal with, it's bosses and employees. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like if they don't if, – if we can't help them or if they, if they don't work it out themselves, you know, they are still got to show up to work tomorrow. And if you're playing chicken, if you're doing all this other stuff, you know, um, basically people just don't want to deal with you. And you mm-hmm. may get a great reputation, but it's, there's, you know, there's always somebody who's trying to knock the champ off. You know, if you're the toughest guy on the block, there's always somebody waiting to knock you off. Your block, and there's always somebody who is is gonna um, remember how you treated them. And so again, that's this whole thing of, you know, if you're gonna see these people again, they're gonna remember. You know, if you never see yeah. this person again, you know, sometimes you can get away with something else. But it's a really important thing for people to remember.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so really, really good conversation. And so, listeners, I want you to go out and negotiate. Negotiate, negotiate. But when you do – and don't be afraid to do that. It's this conversation, as Stephen was saying. You're having a conversation. But really, in this conversation, you're listening. You're asking questions. You're trying to find, you know, what does the other side value so you know what it is that you can negotiate with – you're trying to build a connection and relationship, and so oftentimes when you go in with that aggressive, you know, go there to win, that we, you know, forget about the connection, the relationship, the trust, the respect uh, that people feel that they need in order to, uh, you know, get what they need. And, of course, prepare, prepare, prepare in so many ways, how you'll talk, when you'll talk, what pr- what information you're preparing what is the other side, what is it you know? So do your homework and definitely Prepare, prepare. So, Stephen, thank you for having this conversation with me and our listeners tonight. And, folks, we invite you to browse our podcast library and see our upcoming Tuesday night programs. Actually, October is all about workplace conflict. And so we're excited about the, the number of presenters we have about workplace conflict. And Stephen and I will be back at the end of October on our conflict chat. You can go to TexasConflictCoach.com to access... The whole podcast library, download, and they're all free. They're there for you to educate you, uh, to give you resources. And uh, any final message you have, Stephen, tonight?
2: When in doubt, breathe. If you're going to get upset, take a breath. If you're going to go and have a really important or tough negotiation, give yourself a chance to pull yourself together and then go in there and, and do your
0: best
1: negotiate everyone good night Stephen good night listeners
0: good night everybody take care thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach we hope you've enjoyed the program you can find over 300 podcast archived to listen at your own convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio to learn about upcoming radio programs and resources sign up for our monthly e-newsletter.